glad and excited to introduce our speaker today. He is no, um, no unfamiliar face. He has a gift to, to preach the gospel. I've gotten the, the pleasure of watching him grow and learn and lean in and his heart surrendered. He is, he is a son of the house and um, I, I, love, I love him and I'm glad to call him friend and I'm glad I get to work with him every single day. Um, he's one of the pastors we have here on staff and it's none other than Pastor Jared Ayers. Would you help me welcome him as he comes to preach today? more seconds of praise. I know you just sat down with your coffee. Man, I am, uh, before you're seated, I want to give, y'all like, it's like musical chairs in here. I want to give honor where honor is due because I know I am not standing on this stage by myself. I'm standing on a stage that I did not build. And I want to honor our pastor, Pastor Nathan Green, Pastor Kendall Green, for everything that you've done. Come on, church. What happens here is special. And I know probably Pastor Danny and Pastor Janet are watching online. We want to give you honor. 36 years, Skybreak Church. Come on. Come on. Man. I'm so thankful for what God has already done that I don't even need to preach. I'm ready to go eat. Just kidding. Hey, well, you can be seated. I'm so honored to be standing on this stage this morning. And uh, we're in this series talking about we are the church. And the past two weeks have been really, really good. We've had a lot of people sign up uh, to serve at the Ministry Expo. And it's real cool. So make sure if you haven't stopped by the Ministry Expo that you stop by today after service. But hey, uh, it is springtime, y'all. I don't know about you, yesterday it was like, what, 86, 85 degrees? I caught my first bass. That's how you know springtime is in the air. Caught my first fish of the springtime. There's a couple, there's like two fishermen in here. What's up, guys? Meet me after. Um, no, but I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, I, love, I love the springtime. I love warm weather. I know my wife does. She's ready to sit out uh, and get some sun. Um, that ain't, I ain't about that. I don't care for that. But um, I do enjoy the, I did yard work for the first time this spring. And uh, I got out, if you haven't raked your leaves and you try to mow, it's just a disaster. And so I started mowing and just leaves are spraying everywhere and I couldn't avoid it. I'm like, I gotta rake my leaves first. So I raked my leaves this weekend. And I don't know why I'm telling you this, just to say springtime is here and the weather is nice. But uh, hey, before I get into this message um, today, I just wanna point out that something special is happening in Skybreak Youth every Wednesday night. And um, this past week, we, we talked about revival. And what's crazy is most often, revival happens through young people. Revi I'm not, like, revival, moves of God happen, and oftentimes it starts with young people. So I wanna encourage you, if you're not getting your teenager into Skybreak Youth, what are you doing? Like, I don't mean that condemningly, I'm just saying God is moving. Listen, my parents are in the room this morning, and when I was a teenager, I didn't have a choice. Some of you have become too lenient with your kids when it comes to church. You're not approaching it like it's God's bride, like it's the bride of Christ. You're not approaching it, you're, you're approaching it hap, hap, haphazardly. And I want you to know that God is doing something in our students. And if you want your students to be a part of it, get them there. This past week, we talked about 
revival, and we talked about why we need revival and what revival looks like, and, and then we spent, I don't know, 40 minutes after service praying for healing over students. We spent uh, time in prayer praying uh, students were repenting. They were confessing things to these youth leaders and the youth leaders were praying on the, but the Bible says that if you confess your sins to God, he'll forgive you. Then confess them to one another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. That's what the Bible says. And that's what was happening in Skybreak Youth. We prayed against abuse. We prayed against suicidal thoughts. We prayed against depression. We prayed for all sorts of things and God was doing something special. So I want to encourage you. This isn't part of my message, but it's really important. Get your students in church because God is doing something special and I don't want them to miss it. You know, I would not be standing on the stage today if it wasn't for the foundation that was laid when I was in youth ministry as a teenager. And there were days I didn't want to go because I'm a teenager and that's what we do. But there are, I'm, I'm so glad that I did. And because of that, I'm able to stand here now. And that again, that is the foundation of what got me here. Um, so I love the church. I grew up in church. Um, I'm thankful for that. You know, I grew up when you had church Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night youth, Thursday night prayer. Like that's the church I grew up in. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for the church. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today as we wrap up this series, talking about we are the church pastor said it last week, the church is God's plan A to reach the world, and there is no plan B. Look at your neighbor, say, tag, you're it. So we're going to continue that thought this morning, and I'm going to jump into it. The, the kind of the core scripture for this series is found in Psalms 92, verse 13. Let's stand this morning as we read God's word. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Say that word, planted. Some of y'all just now standing up, so I'll start again. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Planted. Plant, not, not Easter or Christmas, not whenever it's convenient for you. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our garden. I, I want to read Romans chapter 12 before you're seated. Romans chapter 12, verse three. This is where we're going today. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't all that. <laughs> Don't, I'm sorry. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Verse four, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, by uh, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Do it gladly. The title of my message today is Made for This. 
made for this. Let's pray. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that your presence is in this room. I don't know what we've walked in here with. I don't know what this week has meant. Lord, I know that there's been some heaviness this week. I know that there's been some heartache this week. But Father God, I just thank you that in this moment, in this atmosphere, we can lay that at your feet and we can focus on you today. I just pray against any distraction, anything that would try to take our attention of what you're saying to us, God. I believe with all my heart that nobody is here by accident, that Lord, you have a plan for every person under the sound of my voice, that they may have wandered in here not knowing what tomorrow is going to look like. They may be carrying some heavy weight, but God, you have them here for a reason. And I just pray that over the next few moments, you would use me that you would speak through me to the hearts of your people. God, we love you. We trust you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, I, I like to think that um, I'm good at arts and crafts, but do I look like the type of person who would be good at arts and crafts? Don't answer that question. Um, <laughs> I remember years ago, I don't even remember what this was for. It was me and my wife and her, her sisters, we were doing some arts and crafts. It may have been for a baby shower or something. I don't remember. But our task was cutting out circles. And I have learned that I cannot cut out perfect circles. And matter of fact, they've made fun of me quite, quite embarrassingly. I, don't, like, I, was, I felt ashamed. Like if, if, if the entrance to heaven was like, if you've confessed the Lord Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. But you also have to cut puff, perfect circles. I'd be like... Well, I guess heaven ain't for me, but um, I'm not very crafty. I try to be. I try to be crafty. I'll take you back. Uh, my wife and I are about to celebrate seven years of marriage. Seven? Is that right? Seven? Hold on. I have her written on my arm. Seven. Yeah. Now, um, but so if you follow, if you follow traditional gift giving, each year is something. So like year one is paper. Year two, I think, is like cotton or something, and three is, I don't remember. There's a bunch of lists. There's a list. Google it. Um, and so year one was paper. So I, I got this creative idea that I'm, she's smiling because she knows where I'm going with it. I got this creative idea. I'm going to make a scrapbook of our love. Exactly. Thoughtful. Husbands, take note. Anyway, um, so I uh, wish I, no, actually, I'm glad I didn't bring it with me. I thought about bringing it with me, but I didn't want to bring shame to the heir's name. Um, so I got this idea. I'm going to create a scrapbook of our love. I'm going to take it, you know, year by year, some of the bigger moments in our uh, relationship and just make a page dedicated to that. So I got, I got markers, y'all. I got construction paper. Come on. I got, what's those called? Colored pencils. Like I went all out and, uh, and then I got the, what's it called? The, the glue, glue stick. And so what I did was I printed out a bunch. I love taking pictures everywhere we go. I have albums for all of our trips. And so I take a bunch of pictures and I printed out these pictures. And for each moment, I would like put glue on it, put it on the page and like write something. And then I would decorate it by like, <laughs> this is so embarrassing, like taking the markers and drawing little dots or like little, you know, little streamer. I, I was really proud of this. And so we go, we drove to Destin, Florida. It was like, a, I don't know, nine, 10 hour drive. It was our first anniversary. And um, I was like, hey, I got you something. And I showed her, I think I was, I gave it to you first before you gave me your gift. And she, she was, God bless her. She was so nice. She was so thoughtful, like, babe, this is so sweet. It means a lot. Then she pulls out what she made me. And 
This looked like she ordered it on Etsy. It was beautiful. Like, so much thought, oh, I forgot to, I bound it by like punching holes in it. No, 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 I put like twine. I put like twine through it. I was, I was so proud. But, um, so she, I get this from her and it's gorgeous. Like, she's got, she kept like the tickets we went to our first A&M game with and she made like a little pocket for it and she like put them in there. So it was like reaching the thing and I pulled out our tickets. I'm like, what the heck? So like, she blew my mind on how creative she was. And, uh, but I was so proud but I haven't made anything since. <laughs> Actually, I have. I have made a couple of things since, and she just gave me this face right here. Um, but I learned that, all joking aside, that um, crafts, arts and crafts are not my gift. They're not in my wheelhouse. God did not wire me to make arts and crafts. And so today I wanna talk about your gifting. I wanna talk about spiritual gifts. Like I said, you are made for this. I wanna talk about that a little bit today. Today, I just wanna give a taste of spiritual gifts. I'm not doing a deep dive into it. We could be here all day. I would encourage you, though, um, learn your spiritual gifts. We're gonna talk about that a little bit, but I would encourage you to go deep and, and really learn what the spiritual gifts are. But today is just going to be a taste, and it's more so to answer the question, why? Like, why do we need spiritual gifts, and how can we discover and develop them. I want to help give you some direction so that you can take the next steps on how to get started on your spiritual gifts journey. So the scripture we just read, the first part of it, 12, Romans 12, verse 4 and 5 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. Here's the fact. God has given every single person gifts to be used for his glory. I'm gonna say it again. His glory. Not my glory, not your glory, for his glory. And the Holy Spirit empowers the church with the various gifts that he gives us. So if you are saved, if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in you and has given you the tools that you need for your spiritual gifts. And so what I wanna ask is, have you discovered them? Have you developed them? And have you deployed them? You see, the purpose of these gifts are to build up the church. They aren't for you. The gifts that God gives you aren't just for you. They're for others. They're so that other people will know who God is. So let me be very clear. You are saved by grace. Grace means undeserved, unmerited favor. You were saved by the grace of God. But once you are saved, you have an assignment on your life that God wants you to use to build up the church and so that other people can be saved. And I believe that every believer has a gift. And so I wanna talk about that today. Why do we need spiritual gifts and how can we use them? Romans 12, six, it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Ephesians 4, 12 He's talking to the leaders of the church. He says, it's their responsibility to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So as pastors, as teachers, it's our job to equip you to do the work of the ministry. One of my favorite things to do and see in ministry is when something happens in somebody's life. Maybe it's a tragedy or a good thing. Maybe they've had a child or, or, or whatever. I love watching the church step up and be the church. 
This is why we talk all the time about getting in a small group. I love when someone is going through something, the church like, could, like mobilizes and steps up and, and like makes a meal train and brings them gifts and like makes sure they're being prayed for and cared for. That is the church being the church. And so here's what I believe, that I believe that your gift is to be used to make Jesus famous and build the church. Your gift is to be used to make Jesus famous and to build the church. Now, when I say build the church, I am not talking about the structure, this building, like all of that's important and it's part of it, but the Bible says that we are the church. And so you are the church. I am the church. I can't do it without you. You can't do it without me. We need one another. And so the word gift in this context is really confusing. The English language doesn't really have the best word to describe what they're saying here in the New Testament when it talks about the word gift. Because when you think of a gift, you think of like, like Christmas or birthdays. Like if I give you a gift, it's your gift to be used by you, for you, for your enjoyment, for your pleasure. And here's the thing about spiritual gifts. Yes, you will benefit from it, but that's not the main purpose. The Greek word here for the word gift is pneumaticos. Say that word, pneumaticos. You didn't know you were going to learn Greek today, did you? Pneumaticos. This is relating to or from the spirit. So you have this gift, but really it's for the purpose of the spirit of God working in you to build the church. So I'll say it again. Your gift is not for you. I am not up here on stage speaking so that I can make myself more popular or more famous. Like we don't lay hands on people and pray for healing over their bodies like we just did to make ourselves look good. We don't serve God's church for selfish gain. And some of us want to pimp out our gift to the highest bidder. My gift isn't for me. My gift is for the church. This is my house. He said it. I am a son of this church. I'm so thankful to God for this church. But if he said, you're never going to speak on that stage again, I'd be like, where else do you need me? Where else can I be used by you? Because this is God's church and I don't approach it haphazardly. My gift isn't for me. My gift is to build up the church. And so we don't serve God by selfish gain. Man, we have, man, I'm about to go there. Lord, help me pray for me, Pastor Nathan. We, we approach church so casually. Oh man, there's a time change. You mean I got to get up earlier? You mean they're asking me to be here at eight o'clock? The thing is, there's people in other countries who literally risk death to get up and go to church in the morning. There are people in this world who literally could be executed for having the page of a Bible, a page of the Bible in the possession. So there are people all over the world who risk it every single day to reach people who don't know Jesus. I think we can approach church a little more intentionally if other people around the world are literally laying down their life for the church. I'm talking about the bride of Christ, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking about some organization. I'm not talking about something we just go to to check off a box. I am talking about what Jesus Christ gave his life for. So the end result of serving and, and using your gift is helping people to have and develop a relationship with Jesus. It's discovery, 
and it's discipleship. We are helping people discover Jesus. We're helping people to know God. That's our first mission. And we're helping people get discipled. And a few weeks ago, we had um, our team night here at the church. And I said this. I said, what you are a part of is bigger than the part you play. But the part you play is an important part. I'm going to say it again. What you are a part of is bigger than the part you play. But the part you play is an important part. And I want to encourage you this morning. If you're new to Skybreak Church, if you're new to this environment, let me just say we are so glad that you are here. I'm talking a little bit more to our people who call Skybreak Church home. And if Skybreak Church isn't your home, you got to find where you can get connected. You got to find where you can get planted. So if you're new here, welcome. This service is our gift to you. This whole thing is for you. But at some point, now I'm talking to the believers. At some point, we are called to get planted in God's house. If you stick around Skybreak Church long enough, you will get uncomfortable not serving. You will get uncomfortable because we talk about it all the time. We're serving God's house. Go to growth track. Get involved. Get in a small group. Why? Because we are called to be the body of Christ. We are called to use our gifts. I need your gifts. You need my gifts. We need each other's gifts. We are called to be the body of Christ. The church, what he gave his life for. And there is no greater movement on the face of the earth like God's church. There is no greater, more powerful movement on the face of the earth like God's church. For thousands of years, people have tried to wipe it off the face of the earth, but it's only grown stronger. Jesus died for it. Other people have given their lives to see it move forward. And there is no more philanthropic, outreach-minded mission organization in the world like the church. Church is not just a place to go. It's an army to join. Y'all remember that song? I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah, you know it. When you sign up for this thing, when you accept Jesus into your life, you are now a part of the army of God. You cannot sit on the sidelines because the reality is every single day people are dying and they're going to hell. What are we going to do about it? And I don't say this condemningly. I say this because I'm so passionate about the church and people do everything in their power to deconstruct the gospel, to point to the church, to church hurt this, church hurt that. And there are things that happen. And I'm sorry, but listen, this is the bride of Christ we're talking about. This is what Jesus gave his life for. I better live my life for him. So church is not a place just to go. It's an army to join. So there, there are, I'm going to try to calm down a little bit. Calm down, calm down. There are natural gifts that we have, like basketball. That's not my gift, by the way. My uh, nephews are in the room. I think they're sleeping. Hey, what's up? Um, yesterday, we, they were at my house, and uh, I have a basketball goal, and they wanted it to lower it to seven foot. So I'm like, okay. And then they wanted to play me, first mistake. So I had to dunk on them a few times to let them know that I am still better and still athletic. And even though I'm older than them, I can still, I can still wreck shop when it comes to dunking. Now you put it to eight foot or nine foot, I'm done. I can't do it. So while basketball is a, this is just one example, while it is a gift that you have and can be used to glorify God, there are more supernatural gifts that go beyond our own talent, that go beyond our own ability. And its sole purpose is to build a church. And this is what the Bible refers to. It talks about is a, it's a grace gift, meaning God has graced you to do something beyond your own ability. 
There's times I'll, like, I'll be preaching and I'll say something and I know it didn't come from my notes. I know it didn't come from my own logic. It came from the Holy Spirit. And I'm even like, well, that was good, but I know it's not me. You see what I'm saying? There are, there are, there are musicians who can, who can play music and play like to, when they're worshiping God, they do things that they couldn't do on their own. That's the Holy Spirit empowering them to use their gift to build, to edify, to lift up the church. So God has graced every single one of us with specific gifts that go beyond our own ability. My mom used to tell me this when I first got into ministry. She says, son, when you step on the stage, you're Superman. When you walk off, you're Clark Kent. Like my gift isn't used for me. My gift is used to help other people. You understand, you understand the, the metaphor there. So my gift is used to help others. So God gives you gifts of teaching. He gives you gifts of serving. He gives gifts of encouragement and giving and leadership. And listen to me. Please hear my heart. There is a world out there who desperately needs the church to be the church. I don't know when the last time you turned on your, your news was or you looked at social media, but there is a world who is so desperate and so confused and so lost that they need the church to be the church. They need the church to speak truth in the middle of chaos. They need someone to stand up and speak out. They need to see someone living in a way like God has created you. And we have to operate in our spiritual gifts. God will never put you in a situation where he is unnecessary. Did you hear what I just said? God will never put you in a situation where I don't need him. But when you operate in your spiritual gifts, you have authority that is not your own. And when we use them together, we become the church, an unstoppable force for good, for the glory of God. And the truth is, there's so much against you right now. There's so much against our next generation. Never before in history have we seen some of the things that we're seeing right now. There's an attack on your purpose. The enemy wants to strip you of the purpose that God has over your life. There's an attack on the unborn. There's an attack on family structure. There is an attack on sexuality and on gender and on masculinity and femininity. And none of this is God's plan for your life. And God is, you just, is causing, uh, calling you to stand boldly, to stand confidently, full of his authority. I don't speak on my behalf. I speak on behalf of the one who sent me. So when I walk in my spiritual gift, when I walk in the gift that God has given me, I use that gift to speak life and bring clarity and to bring the truth of the word of God for the sake of building his church and seeing Jesus made famous. My gift isn't for me. Some have sacrificed their God-given gifts on the altar of convenience. It's inconvenient for me to use my gift. Listen. I believe that God gives us gifts that are used, like I said, to glorify him. But I believe when I use my gift, I'm worshiping God. And I refuse to rob God of worship by not using my gift. I refuse to sit on the sidelines. I refuse to do nothing when I see a world who is lost who is dying, who is hurting, who is so confused, they don't know which way is up. I refuse to do nothing. And so before Jesus left the earth, before he ascended into heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit and he gave us ministry. By the way, this doesn't just mean preaching. Let me be very clear. Ministry starts long before the preacher steps foot on this stage. 
Matter of fact, can we take a second and we thank every volunteer that's here today serving from the parking lot to the front doors, to the kids ministry, to the media team in the back, to the worship team that was singing a moment ago, from the security team, from the ushers, come on. Ministry doesn't just mean preaching. It means coming together and using our gifts to build up the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse four. It says, this is another, this is another scripture about spiritual gifts. And again, I would encourage you to dive into these a little more, but it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are the kinds of uh, different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but all of them and all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So my gift's not better than yours. Your gift is not better than the next person's. We need each other's gift. Verse seven, now to each one of the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit uh, a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, to prophesy. To another, uh, another distinguishing between the spirits. To another, speaking in a different kind of tongue. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And all of these work are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he Determines in verse 12, it says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. All of us have a part to play in the church. This isn't a church that we just come and we just sit and we come back next week and do the same thing over and over again. This is a participating church. It's our third core value. His church is what we build. And so you will get uncomfortable. Some of you are probably a little squeamish right now. You will get uncomfortable just sitting on the sidelines when God has called you to get in the game. The church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. The church is the hope of the world. If God is going to reach people for the name of Jesus, he's going to use you. He's going to use me. Jesus laid his life for the church. And if Jesus gave his life for the church, I better live to build it. Too often, and again, I'm not mad at anyone, just so you know. I tell this to the students sometimes when, I'm, when I get preachy. I'm like, I put a smile on my face. I'm not mad at you. But too often we think church is for us. You will be edified. You will be discipled. You will be built up. But too often we think it's for us and we come in and we talk to the same people and we don't talk to new people. And I want to sit in my spot. And if you don't play my songs, I'm not coming back next week. And if that person doesn't sing the solo, I'm going to complain. If that music's too loud, I'm going to say something. If the AC is not cold enough, I'm going to like. That's called a spectator. Isn't it funny, like when you go to A&M game, there's all of a sudden 105,000 coaches in the crowd that would have done it differently. <laughs> Jesus did not call you to be a spectator. He called you to be a player in the game called the church. Because there are people who need Jesus. There are people in your world that need a relationship with Jesus. So let's get real practical. I'm almost done, I promise. Where do we start? I want to help you answer that question. How do I discover my spiritual gifts? I'm going to get real practical because, you know, a message can be great, but if there's no function to it. What's the point? Number one, growth track. Have you heard about the growth track? 
In Girl Track, you're gonna be given a spiritual gifts questionnaire that's gonna help you discover how God wired you. I believe that every single person is wired specifically and uniquely and differently, and God wants to use that to build his church. So if you haven't attended Girl Track, get signed up today. Don't wait a minute longer. Matter of fact, after today, when you go out to the Ministry Expo, talk to some of the team and get signed up, get on a team. So Girl Track, number one. The second thing is more of a question where do I sense the joy of Christ? Again, I'm talking about how do you discover how you were wired, how you discover your design? Where do you sense the joy of Christ? When you're functioning where you're supposed to, you'll experience the joy of Christ. So what area of ministry gets you excited? Like when you see, if you see people in other parts of the world who are starving, does that, does that stir your heart? What gets you excited? Number three, where have others seen effectiveness and commented on it? I think back to, um, I had a conversation with my kids pastor from when I was a kid. And I, Pastor Ray, I preached my first message when I was 12 years old. I'll never forget. And I think back to that moment and I, like, I texted him last week because it was just on my mind. And I was just blown away. But he saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And he gave me an opportunity, I'll never forget, 12, 12 kids. I was 12 years old and 12 kids raised their hand and accepted Jesus. I remember that like it was yesterday. Then as I grew up, my youth pastor, Pastor Shane, spoke into me and gave me opportunities and grew my gift. And then I came to Skybreak Church and I got planted and I got devoted to the call of Christ. And I started getting in small groups. I started serving. And then Pastor Nathan saw something in me. He said, hey, I want you to speak. And what's really crazy is I grew up like terrified of speaking and I do a really good job of hiding it because even like today I get like nervous and I get butterflies, but he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. So the question again is where have others seen effectiveness in your life and made a comment on it? You know what? You can really sing. You know what? Like you're, you're really good at guitar or, or you're really good at like media stuff. Have you considered like joining the media team? Have you considered using that God-given gift to build up the church? So where have you seen effectiveness and other people commenting on it? Number four, what do you uniquely carry a burden or a passion for? Again, we're getting practical. These are practical things. Where do you uniquely carry a burden or a passion for? Something that you see and it stirs you, like I mentioned. Some examples can be poverty could be worship, could be healing or evangelizing, telling people about Jesus. It could be outreach, serving food to people in the name of Jesus. What stirs you? And then number five, what do you believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about this uh, in this regard? Don't ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. There's been times in my life where I felt, I don't know how to explain it, more than just like this gut feeling like I was supposed to do something. Where are you experiencing that in your own life? And so if you look at these five things, talking about growth track, talking about where you sense the joy of Christ, talking about where others have seen the effectiveness and made a comment, talking about the gift that you uniquely carry or the burden that you carry, the passion for, and then where do you believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you? When you start to see these things converge, that's a good place to look. Look at where you see these things coming together. And I'll, I'll end with this. If, if God is going to reach your friends, if God is going to reach your family, if God is going to reach your schools and your workplace in this city, 
He's going to do it through you. We say this all the time. Like we're not waiting for God to move. God is already moving and he's going to use us to do it. So if God is going to use someone, choose me. Like if God is going to heal, he's going to do it through you. If God is going to help people, encourage people, he's going to do it through you. That's why we are the church. We, we don't believe the church exists just for us to come and get our fill. No, we exist for the world. We exist for the broken, for the lost. We exist for the people who are hurting, who don't know where to go. We exist to bring Jesus to people. So if God is going to do it, he's going to do it through you. Romans 12, 6. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you the gift of leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God is looking for people to take their responsibility. God is looking for people to take the responsibility of carrying the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, the gospel is the good news and you can't have good news without bad news. And there's a lot of bad news in the world right now, but we have the good news. I told the students this Wednesday, if you see someone on fire and you have a bucket of water, it is your responsibility to help. My friends are worth it. My relationships are worth it. The people who are hurting in my world are worth it. And when we come together with the gifts that God has given us, God puts his anointing on it, his blessing on it, and people receive Jesus. Marriages are restored. Hope is found. Purpose is discovered. Healing takes place. You've never lived your life until you've lived it in such a way that you are part of a team making an eternal difference in the life of somebody else greater than yourself. And the greatest team, the greatest thing to be a part of, the the, the dream of Jesus is the church, the bride of Christ. The church does not just exist for me. It doesn't just exist for you. We are the church and we exist to bring heaven to earth. That's the greatest privilege in the world. I've never once regretted saying yes to God. I've never once regretted. It's gotten difficult. I've been through some tough seasons. I've had some struggle, but I've never regretted saying yes to the calling of God in my life. And I found it through serving his church. I found it through laying my preferences aside, dying to self, picking up my cross daily and following him. There is a world that needs Jesus. People are looking for hope. People are looking for fulfillment. Church, hear me. Let's do something about it. Serving in the church is the greatest privilege in the world. When you, when you really understand the significance of the church, when you understand that God has tasked us to reach the lost, it changes your perspective. Church no longer becomes a thing that you attend. Church no longer becomes like a sporting event where you cheer if it's good or you sit down and cross your arms if it's not. Church becomes your blood. It becomes what you are focused on. It becomes what keeps you up at night when you know there's people in your world who are hurting, who need a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Why do we do what we do as a church? Why I'm literally shouting until I'm blue in the face. Like, why do we build the church? Because heaven and hell are real. That's why. And people are going to one of those two places. 
And the Bible tells us that God loves all people and he wants all of them to be saved. You've never met a person who God isn't crazy about. You've never met a person that Jesus isn't in love with. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, it tells us that this is, a good, this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. This is why we must do all that we can to build the church, to build the people of God. The church is God's plan A. God set it up to be a light to the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, to be salt and light to the earth, to bring hope to the hopeless. That's what we are tasked with. When Jesus left, he said, I'm leaving the ministry to you. Go do it. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to stand to your feet this morning. If you're in the room today and this message is stirring at your heart, maybe over the past three weeks, we've been talking about serving and getting involved and listen, and I know this is our pastor's heart. We're not telling you to get involved just so we can like have a cool church. Like that's so surface level. We know that when you get involved and you get connected with other believers, we are an unstoppable force for the glory of God. And there are people in our city, there are people at your workplace, there are people at your school who desperately need a savior. Where, remember where you were before Jesus found you. How many other people, how many other people in our world need to know the good news of Jesus Christ? So I'm gonna ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. And I'm just gonna say a, a, a prayer of empowerment, a prayer of encouragement. Maybe it's time for you to step off the bench and get in the game. Christianity is not a spectator sport. People all throughout history have given literally everything to move the gospel forward, to move the kingdom of God forward. We get so caught up in petty debates and right and left and race and all this stuff. The truth is that there's sin in the world and people need a savior and we have the answer. If I see someone walking towards the edge of a cliff, I have an obligation to let them know there's a cliff ahead. And if you're a believer, you have the task, the responsibility to use your gift to build up the kingdom of God. And I say it, sometimes it sounds like I'm talking like it's a burden. It's, it's not. It's the greatest privilege in the world to use your gift to help other people. And so with no one looking around, I just want to take a step of boldness. And if you want to be included in this prayer that you would step up and be that God, uh, be the person that God has called you to be, or maybe you're even like looking and still trying to discover what that gift is. Can I just pray for you this morning? Can you just slip up your hand so I can pray with you? If you want to believe God to use the gifts that he's given you, if you want to believe that God would show you how you were wired, how you were designed, I'm going to say a prayer for you this morning. Father God, you see every person, you know every heart, you know every story that's in this room. Lord, we thank you that we are a part of something way bigger than ourselves, that we are a part of the church of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, when you ascended to heaven, you gave us the task and the responsibility to tell the world about it. So, Father, I pray that you would give us the boldness. 
I pray that you would give us the, the, the strength. God, I pray that when those moments come and we have the opportunity to tell somebody our story or we have the opportunity to tell someone about your goodness, Lord, that you would empower us by your spirit, that you would speak through us, that we would speak life, that we would speak hope, that we would bring love to people, Lord God. I pray for the person right now who's struggling in their purpose, in their mind, they're thinking right now, I don't even know why I'm here. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them why they're here on this earth that you've given them a purpose, that you've given them a plan, that you put so much on the inside of them and you wanna use that gift for your glory, God. Lord, I pray for the people who may be sitting on the sidelines. I pray that today they would step up and they would get into the game because there are people in our world who need you, Jesus. There are people who desperately need a savior. And Lord God, we have the answer. Let us not be content with doing nothing, but God, I pray you would break our heart for what breaks yours. That when we see people just like you, Jesus, that we'd be filled with love and compassion for the world. God, I pray that you would strengthen us, empower us to use our gifts, to use the abilities and the design that you've given us to help other people. Let us never be complacent, Lord God. We thank you for it. I'm going to say a prayer for anyone in the room who has never accepted Jesus into their heart. It's real simple. The Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created mankind in his image. The world was perfect. There was no sin. There was no shame. There was no guilt, nothing. But Adam and Eve ate from the tree that God told them not to. And sin came in the world and they were cast out of the garden because God is perfect. He's holy. He can't be near sin. And so our sin separated us from God. But Jesus, in his, God, in his infinite love, he desperately wanted a relationship with you. So he sent his son Jesus into the world. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that if you would just believe in him, you would not perish but have everlasting life. So he gave his son Jesus into the world to be a human sacrifice. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Because of the sin in the world, something had to pay the price. And that was Jesus Christ. But three days later, the Bible tells us that he got out of the grave and he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And we put our faith in him. When we invite him into our life and we make him Lord over all, our eternity will be secure. The, that gap that was created by our sin is now closed. And it's not about your good deeds. It's not about what you can or can't do. We can't earn it. I said before, it's grace. It's a free gift. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Scripture says in the New Testament, those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul tells us, he said, it is by grace you have been saved, not by work so that no one can boast. He went on to say that if, if we could be saved by our works and Jesus died for nothing, but we couldn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But Jesus laid down his life at the mere possibility that you would accept his sacrifice. There were no guarantees. But when you put your faith in Jesus, you're going to spend eternity in heaven. That's what the Bible promises.
doesn't mean all your problems go away today. It just means that your eternity is secure, that Jesus is your savior and your past is wiped away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so is your sin separated from you. So if you want to make that decision this morning and invite Jesus into your heart to be the Lord and leader of your life, I'm just going to count to three and I want you to raise your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. I also believe that when you, when you lift your hand, when, when there's an outward expression, there's something that solidifies on the inside. And so if you want to make that decision today boldly, it's just an act of faith. I'm going to count to three and I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. If you're in the room this morning and you want to make that decision to invite Jesus into your heart. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. You can put your hands down. I want everyone in the room to pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new person. I believe that you died and that you rose again for me. Thank you for saving me. I accept you as Lord and as leader, guide me for the rest of my life in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Yeah. Can we put our hands together for people that made that decision? The greatest decision that you could have made, you just made it. And today was 